With the double O's close most of beyond your boy Phil my senior, aka Kate Knocker, the great one, with my co-host. Seth, we back again. T-I-Double-F, the biz. We up in this beautiful. We doing big things. <laughs> Real quick now, before we get started in the show, right. shout out to my man John Brunson. Yes, I had fun. Sipping on no common sense. Had our first Can't. movie premiere. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to John Branson, man. Project yeah. Radio Silence. Yeah. If you are interested in being an extra, possible actor, have a cameo, yes. if you're looking to be a part of a movie in the town, hit up John Branson. Radio Silence is the name of the movie that he is shooting, producing, funding, all that good shit. Oh, Keep your work time. up, bro. Like yeah. he, he out here grinding. Yeah, he is. We had a ball last right. night. Right. Me and Tim acting motherfucking great. <laughs> we had our own little party. Hell yeah. <laughs> I hate it, to see it was just like the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> we just turned the fuck up. Shit, up in the rain bar, man. But for real, hit John up. Hit him a message. Send him a message on Facebook. Uh, Facebook Messenger, man. He will definitely get back to you. He's looking yeah. for more people. He wants everybody to get involved, so right. don't sit and say, hey, y'all ain't never got nothing going on in the town. <laughs> Reach out to John. He right. got some shit going on. Uh-huh. What's Tim, his name? Can you say his name one more John time? Brunson, J-O-N-B-R-U-N-S-O-N. That's okay. his name on Facebook, John See, now Brunson. people really don't have no reason because they know how to spell it. Thank you. <laughs> That's why I, I fucks you. with you. I got you. That's why I fucks you. with you. Been arguing for a whole week and a half. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we've been talking with this shit. Lady. We've been talking shit all motherfucking week and a half, <laughs> damn near two weeks. You know, we we gonna sing a musical medley later on. <laughs> There's a heart in the house of love, and I Midwest weather is like, jacket. Oh, <laughs> man. Bring it back out. Like, man, like Put that's so fucked up. Y'all wear a winter coat. Motherfucking April and May and shit. God damn it. Messing up my good curve. Man. I can't even. <laughs> so look, y'all. We got a different type of show today. Yes. We have an inspiration to many. I just actually had the pleasure of meeting this young lady. Formally, formally meeting her today in the flesh, <laughs> but we've been talking shit on Facebook. <laughs> like right when we got introduced uh-huh. with the group chat, like, oh, what's up, motherfucker? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Big ass head, motherfucker. Uh-huh. Right, Phil, uh, Phil, Phil Matt's match. 
This big young lady head. right here. <laughs> Who got a big ass? Little ass shirt. But we had our, you know, we had our time. You know what? We had our time. Don't do that. We, we, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying my good jokes for later, god damn it. <laughs> but no, nah, this young lady right here is truly, 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 truly an inspiration to many. She is a pioneer. And most importantly, she's a fucking survivor. We are definitely going to let her have the stage. We're going to let her talk and share her story. With this episode, please share this episode. Like the page. Share the page. Share this episode because it will be on Google Play. It will be on iTunes. It will be on SoundCloud. This young lady has an amazing story. But before we get into it, I want to introduce the one and only Miss Jessica Davis. Hey. Oh, yes, we got the hand Studio clap. audience. <laughs> Whose idea was that? We always do that. Oh. We always have oh, a motherfucking okay. studio audience up in the building. You could have just, <laughs> you could have just let me. You could have just let me feel like maybe you don't do that. I mean, yeah, we don't do that for nobody else. Right. Nobody That's what I'm talking else. about. All right. Real quick, before you get into your story. Yes. Introduce who you are, where you from, what fucking high school you went oh, to. Oh, because we also gonna need we that have a social ZB because we have a ZB boo. in here. Yeah, two of them. Hater, Thank two you. of them. Right, but two look, of them. But we also go. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's trying to get a five. Oh, you, all right, you know me. Just put her hand out. I was like, her. Yeah, all right, yeah. Okay, I got my own. We also gonna need that social security number pen. We gonna need that bank account number right now. We gonna need all that. So right, spit that. So. My name is Jessica Davis, formerly known as Jessica Glassby. Okay. I am from Zion, Illinois, <sighs> born and raised. Yes, I graduated from Zion Benton in 2005. Not that I'm telling how old I am. Fucking Z. <laughs> <laughs> I went to college. I graduated from Southern Illinois University in Edwardsville in 2015. Okay, okay. So, yes, it was a 10-year span, but I did it. It don't don't matter how you start, it's how you finish. So, yeah, yeah, I started SIUE in 05. In 2008, I moved to Atlanta, Kennesaw, Atlanta area. I'll say Atlanta area. Okay. And then um, I didn't continue school when I was living in Georgia, so okay. then after that, 2012, I went back to SIUE okay. to finish my degree. So I had like a three-year gap. And within that three-year span was when I contracted HIV. Okay. Yes. So I contracted it in Georgia. While I was living in Georgia, I was dating somebody um, that I met while I was down there. And I didn't know nobody, you know. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> the funniest part of the story, right? I met him at a traffic light after the club. Come so, with the mask. So look, no, let me do <laughs> Let me fuck? give the disclaimer, okay? Right. Just don't roll your window down. When, when he telling you to roll your window down, just don't do it. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> at a traffic light? At a traffic light. Don't act like you don't know how thirsty. Don't act like you don't know, okay? I never it was like three in the I've morning. I've never been thirsty. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. It was like three in the morning. I was with one of my best friends after the club, and I had just dropped her off at home. Mm-hmm. So I was just headed back to Kennesaw where I was living at the time. So I had probably like a twenty minute drive or so. 
And I was at a light and I like looked over and this guy was like going like this to roll my window down. And I was like looking the other way, like it's three o'clock in the morning. I am not going to roll my window down. I am not from here. I had only been in Georgia like six months. Okay. So I didn't know like a whole bunch of people or nothing. I was just working. I was just working full time, minding my business. And so the light was like red forever and ever and ever. And I was like, oh, my God. And every time I turned around, he was like, roll your window down. I'm like, okay, I don't really know nobody. So I'm just going to roll my window down. So I took that chance. I was 22, right? So I rolled the window down. And he was like, hey, you know, what's your name? Little accent, you know, everything. And so then I gave him my name and he was like, what's your number? And I was like, every piece of me wanted to give him the wrong number. Every single piece of me. And then I was just like, I ain't been here that long. We could be cool, you know, maybe right. we could be friends, whatever, whatever. So I gave him the right number. And like the light turned green. Magically, it was green. And we just both went our separate ways. And he had hit me up like right away. Like, he called me, like, you know, where are you on your way to kind of thing. Like, where do I stay? Damn, like, right out yeah. the old, Oh, okay. Like, where do I, he was asking, like, where I stay or whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm headed to Kennesaw or whatever. And, um, like, ever since, we talked, like, every day for, like, months. Like, we hit it off, like, like that, mm. night and day. And, like, I was working, like, 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. So, like, and I ain't had no car. I ain't had no car in Georgia at first. Mm. So, I used to borrow, I was living with my godparents for a little while until I can afford to get my own place. And so, like, they used to let me borrow their car or whatever, and I just used to go spend a night at his crib, like, on the weekends or whatever, and then, um, you know, go back to work Monday mm-hmm. through Friday and really spend weekends over there. But um, he had introduced me to a lifestyle that I had never really been introduced to before. Okay. Um, growing up the way that I grew up, you know, we were very, um, I would say privileged. We weren't rich now. But, you know, we didn't we didn't struggle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we weren't um, exposed to, like, drugs and, you know, all that stuff. So um, that was his lifestyle, though. Like, he okay. sold drugs. But I didn't know that at first because he told me he worked for his sister's catering company. Um, so I ran with that. When we used to go out to, like, the bar and stuff, he used to just have, like, a bunch of money. Just give me money to go get the drinks. So I'm like, that's cool. He was paying for it. But then it turned out that he wasn't old enough to get the drinks. So that's why he was giving me the money to go get the drink. Because he was like, he had lied about his age. He was off by one year, but still. I was 20. I was 21. And he was 20. And he was 20. Okay. About to turn 21. But he still lied. So, you know. So when we had finally, when he finally, when his birthday was coming around, I mean, you can only lie for so long. Like, you got to turn a certain, you know, you got (laughs) to come up a year. You know what I'm saying? So his birthday was coming around. And we went to this bar uh, in in, uh, Roswell, Georgia. Okay. And uh, (laughs) he said, he looked at his ID like, oh, you just made it. And I was like, confused, because it was supposed to be his 22nd birthday. He already told me he was 21, remember? Right. So I'm like. We got in the bar. I was like, let me see your ID. 21. I was like, for real? Like, you just lied. That was so petty. Yeah. It was all in like two months. He was, it's like crazy. Mm-hmm. But I didn't let it deter me from talking to him. Okay. 
it was petty. I mean, he was off by a couple months, you know? So um, anyway, we continued to talk and date and stuff like that. And, you know, we got to a point where we weren't really, like, getting along in a way that I felt like we could continue to see each other. So we stopped talking for, like, five months. Okay. It was, like, no communication whatsoever. And then randomly he hit me up, like, hey, this is so-and-so. You know, what's up? And I'm like, who? (laughs) And so I couldn't believe he had hit me up because we had fell off on, like, really bad terms. Like, we had fought. And I don't, you know, I don't really do the domestic. Domestic, yeah. Yeah. I know that's right. So... Um, I was just really surprised that he even like kept my number. It was literally like five months. My number hadn't changed or nothing, but his did. So when he hit me up, I didn't even have his number. Right. Um, but I gave him a second chance. And probably within like three months of giving him that second chance, I tested positive for HIV. Wow. So it was a, it was intense. It was intense. And only because you start to think about all these things like, damn, I shouldn't have rolled my window down. Yeah. Like, for real, it's funny. It's funny, but, like, for real, like, if I would have just, just that one instant right there changed my whole life at 22. Yeah. I was, I'm black, right? I was young. I was living in Atlanta, living the life. No kids. I had no kids at the time. Full-time job. No rent. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just living. I didn't have nothing to do with my money but bullshit. You know? Yeah. So, and that's exactly what I was doing. My homegirl, um, who had dropped off at the club that night, like, we became, like, the best of friends. And, um, you know, she went to Clark Atlanta. Okay. So, we used to go to the AUC all the time, Atlanta University Center. And it consists of Spelman, um, Clark Atlanta, and Morehouse. Yeah. yeah. Used to be Morris Brown too, but they closed that oh, school yeah. down. Yeah. And so we used to go out there for like their homecomings and everything. Like we just Lit. kicked it every Lit. single weekend. It didn't even it didn't even matter. Like yeah. we didn't have to come home in no time. You know, as long as I was right. making it to work on time, we was good. But, you know, it's it's like rolling that window down was like, dang. And then, you know, you come across the thing like I should have gave him the wrong number. You know, and then you think like I should have left him alone when I found out he lied about his age. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all these things, like, all these red flags that you feel like you should have just, like, let it go a long time ago, but, you know. attention to when you saw him. Yeah, well, you get to know somebody, and it's, like, chemistry and stuff, and, like, some stuff you just kind of sweep under the rug, you know? And it's just kind of like, oh, it's okay. It was just, he was just off by a couple months. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's okay. You know, it was just one fight. You know what I'm saying? Or something like that. Yeah. And then that one fight turned into fighting every other weekend or every other day over whatever it is that you feel like fighting about today, you know? Mm. So um, after I uh, tested positive, I was, like, really stuck because I was so young. I had no idea what HIV was. I thought it was AIDS. I was like, dang, I got AIDS. But I didn't. I had HIV. You know, that's something that I had to learn, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, after testing positive. Like, my first instinct was to do the research to see okay. how my life was going to change, how yeah. I was going to have to change my lifestyle because I'm like, can I still go and kick it every weekend? Like, should I be out, you know, should I be doing that, you know? Right. You kind of feel guilty yeah. for, like, living. 
Yeah. yeah. So I was like, you know, I had to call my parents and Lord, I have a twin brother. And so he was, he was devastated. Like me and my brother and my sister are very, very close. Well, yeah. Like, like this all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was just really hard to to tell them because number one, I was in Georgia by myself. They didn't, you know, they were still around here. Uh, yeah. So, but secondly, I'm the baby. You know, I have a twin, but he's the only boy, and he's older. You know, so they've always kind of kept me under their wing, took care of me. You know, as the youngest. Yeah. yeah. When I got into fights and stuff in high school, my oh, sister yeah. used to be like, "Who is it? Yeah. Where yeah. she stay?" <laughs> Like Shout I remember her, and her be- for real. Yeah. I remember her and her best friend trying to pull yeah. up on some- at somebody's house that yeah. after we fought at that, school. That sound like Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that sound like her booze ass. Yeah, Jennifer cool though. I love you yeah. though. I love you though, Jennifer. Yeah, James, we, we, lo- we, we love you too, Jennifer. Yes, <laughs> James, my twin. Yeah. yeah, you know. So it was. It was just. It was just really hard. It was really hard for everybody, and I'm really close with my parents too. Both of them. I have a very good relationship with them. And it got even closer when I moved away because we were so far apart, you know. So, um, but anyway, I had, you know, to give you the story of how I found out I was HIV positive. Okay. I had a roommate in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing like having a roommate sometimes. Like, I just wasn't made to just have roommates or something because <laughs> I just tend to not get along with people like that women uh-huh. but anyway uh we couldn't we just couldn't get along and one day she was texting me while I was at work I worked in a call center okay and she was just texting me at work like talking all this stuff you know I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that blah 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 when you get home I was like okay so I got home she was in her room I went in and knocked on her door she was talking on the phone and we just started arguing back and forth. And so it died down. I was just like, whatever. We were in a um, a roommate-style apartment. So my room and bathroom was on one side. Hers and bathroom. On the other side. Right. Yeah, in the living room in the middle. So I'm talking to the best friend that I dropped off before I met the dude at the light, right? Talking to her on the phone. And she come knocking on my door. And so she knocked on my door. I step out. We arguing. I'm telling her name. Uh, her name is Dominique. Shout out to Dominique. Because uh, I um, I put the phone down. I told her to hold on. And I put the phone down. <laughs> and we started fighting. Me and roommates started fighting. And when we there was nobody there but us. And so I was, I can't even tell you how <laughs> the fight ended. But it ended in some way, shape, or form. And like we both just got up. You know, kind of like dust ourselves off, like whatever. And I picked my phone back up <laughs> and the phone was hung up. Like Dominique wasn't on the phone no more. And then like it had to be, I don't know, 10 minutes maybe before Dominique was knocking on the door. She had drove all the way from, I believe she was living in Sandy Springs at the time Damn. to Kennesaw. She drove all the way to Kennesaw. <laughs> I'm talking about ready. I was like, she from Chicago. Wow, that, that explains so much. She came all the way, and I was like, "Damo, that's that's it's just good. crazy." I tried to go, yeah, yeah. You came 
So she showed up and she stayed the night. She oh, just okay. stayed, you know, because oh, okay. we didn't. Because the old girl had called her people too. Right. So yeah. and Dominique was the only person I really had because yeah. I wasn't from there, you know. Oh, okay. So that's how you know her and I clicked so well because her family was in Chicago too. And you like, oh, I know people. I got people. So yeah. I mean, it was yeah, it was cool, and she knew a bunch of people, you know. So meeting her, I was able to like meet. Other people, yeah, network, yeah. Meet, make friends, exactly. Out, yeah, yeah. So it was cool, but you know, after all of that happened, my lymph nodes were were swollen, and like your lymph nodes, there they go like down the side of your neck, under your arm. You have them in your groin too, mm-hmm. and they were one of them had swollen to the point to where it was protruding out the side of my neck, and so I was, it was tender too, like I could feel it, you know. And so I went to my primary care because when we were fighting, I had a bit uh, bite mark on my wrist. So, you know, I was being very dramatic, I'm sure. But I'm like, <laughs> you know, serious. I just want to make sure she didn't give me nothing, you know, yeah. when I went to the primary care. And so he was like, all your lymph nodes are swollen. Like, this isn't normal. But he couldn't tell me what was going on. He was like, I'm going to give you this, whatever, whatever. Come back in a week. I'm like, all right. I wasn't thinking nothing of it, like, the whole time. I took whatever he gave me, came back in a week. The one that was swollen to the point to where you could see it um, had gone down, but the rest of them were still swollen. So then he said, come back in three weeks. And I'm like, okay, you know, went back in three weeks, and they were still swollen. And he said, I don't know what it is, but it's not normal. I'm going to have to refer you to an ENT, which is an ear, nose, and throat doctor. And I was like... Still, the whole time, I'm like, okay. You know, it was right. just a fight. And I kept thinking, like, it's just a fight. I just had a fight. So I went to the ENT, and, like, he did, like, a bunch of physical stuff, you know. And he had um, drew blood. He did a whole bunch of labs. And he had, lo- I remember distinctly, he had looked in the back of my throat. And he said, it looks like HIV, but we're still going to do, you know, tests or whatever, whatever. Damn. Because some people, when they get HIV, um, they get white spots in the back of their throat. Not everybody, but it is, a, you know, it is a sign or whatever. And so um, he said, or lymphoma, it could have been lymphoma, which is cancer. Cancer, yeah. Right. So I was like, damn. Like, <laughs> you got to, if you got, I mean, if you got to choose. Right. If you got to choose, you know, I don't know that I really would have been able to deal with the fact that I had cancer, you know? Yeah. I mean, is that's my I know a lot of people that have dealt with cancer and yeah. that have passed from You're, it. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's it's serious. It's you know, a bitch. HIV. Is a bitch. Yeah. You know, HIV is is it's unfortunate too. Yeah. But it's not exactly a physical handicap. You know, like mm-hmm. you don't exactly, you know, go through these things that you go through with chemo and like you know, stuff like that. So when I was doing the research on both of it, on all of it, I'm like, oh, my God. And it was like HIV was like fatigue and flu-like symptoms and this and that. And I'm like, well, I don't have none of that. And then lymphoma was this and that. And I'm like, well, I don't have none of that, you know. So I was just convinced that I didn't have nothing. Right. I'm like, there ain't nothing wrong. Like, they just going to tell me. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. They just going to tell me my tests are good. Yeah. I'm good, right? Yeah. So within a few days, um, they scheduled me for a biopsy and they had to take like a piece of my lymph node 
you know, to send off for testing or whatever. But when I went in for my surgery, the blood test had already come back. And so he had set me down on the bed. And this is what I wrote. I wrote a poem when I first disclosed my HIV status publicly. I did it on Facebook with a poem via Facebook status. And it was a poem that I literally sat in my car and wrote, like, from my head at, like, 7 in the morning before I went to work one day. It was on the sixth anniversary of me finding out I had HIV. And in that poem, I wrote about how the doctor sat next to me and said, your test came back and there were some positives. And I was like, dang. And like the only people that was there was my godparents because that was the, those were the only people I really yeah. knew. Um, I'm not really sure where Dom- Dominique was probably at work or something. I don't know. But um, they, my godparents were in the room when the doctor said that to me. And so I knew he was about to tell me I had HIV or I had cancer. It was going to be. So I asked them to leave the room so that he could tell me what was going on. So they left the room and he said, your test came back positive for HIV. And I was like, that was it. I didn't say nothing. I didn't cry right away. I literally was just like, mm-hmm. I just shook my head like, I'm not really sure what that means. What that's going to be like after this moment, this awkward moment that right. I felt, I'm sure it was pretty awkward for him. I mean, I'm sure he's done it a million times over, but like I wrote, you know, I'm writing a book, but, um, you know, it's like the first time over and over again, when you have to share with a 22 year old that they're HIV positive, you know what I mean? So, um, anyway, my godparents came back in the room, doctor walked out. I told my godparents and then I called my mom. And I told my mom, and she was like, is this real? And I was like, yeah. I still hadn't cried yet. Like, I was still, like, in shock. And then I called the guy that I was dating that I met at the traffic light. And I told him. And I'm like, you know, I want you to get tested. And if you test negative, I don't want to be with you. Like, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to put you through that. I don't really even know what I'm about to go through. Um... But the reason that I told him to get tested is because before him, I was in a long-term relationship with somebody that I met in college. And him and I didn't work out, and it was, like, very devastating to me. And we had broken up right before I... That's actually the reason I decided to stay in Georgia, because originally I was just visiting for a week. I was supposed to visit for a week, and him and I were just at odds and ends. And so I just decided to stay, thinking that, we just needed a break, you know, that the summer was going to be good for us to take a break. I go back to Edwardsville, back to school. We're going to be good. But in the midst of us taking this break, he moved on. So, like, when I met this guy at the light, you know, yeah, I was out. I was kicking it. Yeah, I didn't really know anybody. But I was also very much so in love with somebody else and that had left me already. And I was trying to kind of feel this void that he left, you know what I mean? So, you know, it was really, really bad timing. (laughs) It was bad timing, you know, for a lot of reasons, but, you know, in the, in the midst of it all, you know, it was only between them two, you know? So he said, I, I, I told him, you know, get tested. If you test negative, you know, I was trying to, I wasn't trying to do it, you know? And he was like, that's fucked up. 
Like, I want to be with you, you know, da-da-da-da-da, like, acting like he was some ride or die, you know. And I was just like, dang, okay, like, he loves me for real. Like, that's, you know, that's dope or whatever. So um, <laughs> he got apparently got tested a couple months later, and he tested positive too, right? That's his story. That was his story at the time. And so I was like, dang. So then the ex that I wanted back so desperately bad, I had to tell him that I had HIV because you're supposed to tell anybody that you had sex with over the past 12 months. So I had to disclose my status to him, but I didn't know how because a big, bigger piece of me still wanted to be with him. So I told his mom and I asked his mom to tell him because I just couldn't even have that conversation, you know, and, um, you know, we had lost um, two pregnancies together. And I, I think that was probably the bigger attachment, you know, um, and so he went and got tested. He tested negative. So I knew for a fact then that it came from this guy that I met at the light. And um, so after I shared my status with him and he said the guy at the light said he got tested, tested positive, I felt like stuck. I felt stuck with this dude. Like, we 22. <laughs> we have HIV now. Like, what are we going to do? You know, and it was just I dealt with a lot. I dealt with a lot. I dealt with domestic violence. Uh, you know, after the fact, a lot of people feel like they can just treat you and talk to you any kind of way because you don't have nowhere to go, you know, and like you backed into a corner and people will treat you that way. They'll treat you like you are all they got and that you are the only option. So if there's one thing that I could say, you know, to everybody that's listening, like there's options. My husband is HIV negative. You know what I'm saying? I've dated before my husband, HIV negative. I've actually never dated anybody that had HIV besides the guy that gave it to me. So, you know, I don't want people to feel stuck, especially at 22, because it's hard. It's hard to tell because at that age and in that generation, people are not educated and people don't understand. So you see, you, you say HIV, people thinking AIDS and they own, they run in the other way. So break that down for everybody yeah. because that's typically the misnomer. If yeah. you have HIV, you have AIDS. So, right. So HIV is the virus that causes AIDS. It's basically like a sequence of events, right? So when you have HIV, you're on a medication, whatever medication happens to work for you. If your medication stopped working, which means you developed, you know, a resistance to the drug is what they call it. Um, you have a potential of progressing into getting AIDS. And it's all numbers. It's all based on numbers. So they test you for two things when you have HIV. They test you for your, for your viral load and they test your CD4 count, okay. which they call T cells, right? And those are the cells that like fight off infection. And so your T cell count in a normal person should be high. Um, I don't want to spit out numbers because I'm no doctor, but um, my T cell count when I tested positive was 265. And once you fall, it used, I don't know what the current number is. Uh, it's been a couple of years since I got uh, what the exact number is, but 
it used to be if it was below 200 that they diagnosed you with AIDS, as progressing into AIDS. So I was at 265. So I was like cutting it close. Um, my viral load was like 17,000 and some change, which is kind of high. But people, some people that have HIV that don't know they have and they end up having it for like a couple years before they find out, their viral load is in the millions. So your medication, when you get on it, it brings your viral load down to what they call non-detectable, which is under 20. When I first tested positive, it was under 48. So now it's under 20 to be considered non-detectable. Um, those numbers, um, to try to simplify it a little bit, um, you know the syringes that you use to give babies medicine? Yeah. And they yeah. have 1 ml, 2 ml, 3 ml. Your viral load is how many cells of the virus that you have in 1 ml of blood. So in a teaspoon, which is 5 mls, right? If your viral load is under 20, then you have like 100 cells of HIV in a teaspoon. If it's a million, you have 5 million cells of HIV on your teaspoon, right? Which makes it easier to transmit the virus when your viral load is high versus when your viral load is non-detectable, which means the chance of you transmitting the virus is slim to none. So your CD4 count should be higher and your viral load should be non-detectable. That's HIV. Once your T-cell count falls below 200, they consider you to have AIDS. Because that means your immune system is not, it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it's acquired, yeah. you know. So you have human immunodeficiency virus. And then you have AIDS, which is acquired immunodeficiency. Yeah. So, yeah, that's all it is. So once your medication, if your medication works for you forever, then you'll have HIV forever. You know, but... At some point, if it, your body develops a resistance, if you get with someone that has HIV and they have a strand of HIV that's resistant to the drug that you're on, they can transmit that too. So, you know, my husband takes PrEP. Um, what is that? It's a pill that okay. he takes one pill once a day. That's a, It works as a preventative for him since okay. he's HIV negative. Yeah. Um, I used to take it as part of my regimen when I was uh, pregnant, but um, I don't take it anymore. So it works as a preventative for him, but it worked to keep my viral load down right. and my T cells up for me. Oh, okay. Okay. So did you know that the guy had HIV? No. Did he know all that time when he, so, uh, you know? Yes. Yes, he knew the whole time, but he played it like he got tested after me and tested positive. And then for months, for months, he acted like he didn't know we would get into it, fight, whatever, and he'll be like telling some girl that he was cheating with or sleeping with that I gave him HIV, you know? And it was already challenging for me because I already felt like I should have been more responsible before yeah. I had unprotected sex with this man, you know? Yeah. But you get to know somebody and you think you learn somebody and you trust somebody and you trust, a, you trust what they tell you. Oh, you've been tested before? Cool. You know? Yeah. How many young people really... Take their partner. All right, we doing you know this together. Saying? Right. We looking at this shit together. But long term, that's realistic. 
Yeah. But don't act like it's not people out here that's having one night stands. That's had, oh, you yeah. know, out oh, here yeah. just kicking it one night, having a drunk night. You know, yeah. you, you before you, when you are in that moment, you are not going to stop and say, have you been tested before yeah. we do this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, but if you're in a relationship with somebody and you're trying to get to know somebody, you know what I'm saying? Then that should be something that's important. That should be something that's talked about. But, you know, like I said, we talked about it, but. The evidence wasn't there. I just believed what he said. Um, so um, I was positive about 18 months before I found out that he was actually born with HIV. And that he knew from day one that he was uh -huh. HIV positive. Yeah. He was born with it. Yeah. So from the, the story that I got told was that his parents contracted the virus. Uh, by using needles and um so he had older siblings and um they don't have hiv he's the youngest and he contracted hiv for he it was you know passed on to him from his parents his mom and uh she passed away which i knew she was deceased um but i was told that she had passed away from other complications um which Right. Not knowing that that was the complication. It was a complication of AIDS, which you, you know, AIDS isn't going to kill you. It's the complications that come with AIDS that kills you. Pneumonia, you know, Food, stuff like that. Right. Exactly. Because your body loses its ability to fight off those infections. You know, it just consumes you. So um, right around the time I tested positive, uh, there was a, a close... A family member, you know, of my godparents that had tested positive too, maybe a couple months before me, and uh, he passed away a couple years ago in, in August, I believe. I might get emotional now. Shit, I'm already <laughs> emotional. Over yeah, here, man. it broke my heart because you know he had tested positive only only a couple. I mean, I I can't tell you how long he had it, but he he had tested positive a couple months before me. And I'm still here, yeah. you know, and, and, and the story that I, that I got told was that, you know, he was just in denial, you know, he was, he was having a really hard, he was older, you know, I believe mid forties or so. And he just had a hard time dealing with it, you know, and, and the meds and stuff they put him on, they, they just didn't do him right, you know, stuff like that. And, uh, he was hospitalized, you know, for complications and things like that. And and um, he signed a, a DNR, which is do not, not resuscitate. resuscitate. Mm -hmm. I was cr I cried my eyes out because, you know, it's you feel like. It should be you sometimes like, why am I still here? Like, especially when you having like a bad day or you dealing with like a whole bunch of bullshit from a whole bunch of other people. You know, you're you're under the pressure, which this interview right here is probably people are probably seeing a side of me that they never seen before, mm -hmm. you know, because I do these interviews and I do these articles and stuff like that, that, you know, don't really allow me to be myself. I mean, yeah. when you reading about somebody is different yeah. than when you watching somebody, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's like I want people to know and see that I'm I'm real. Like, yeah, this is yeah, real. Yeah. This is me. 
I made mistakes just like everybody else make mistakes. I, you know, I slept with somebody that I trusted, that I was in a relationship with. I wasn't cheating or nothing. And I still got HIV. I had good grades. I had, you know, I was brought up well. I was privileged, you know. Good household. Yeah, you know. Good family background, yeah. This don't happen to those kind of people. Oh, you know. Yeah. Straight, heterosexual. I can't even begin to tell you how many... (laughs) How many people think that it's like a gay disease? And the first time I heard that terminology was a few months ago. I did a speaking engagement at Northwestern University. Uh-huh. And um, the guy, one of the, they had me on a panel. And one of the guys that was on the panel uh, was an older white guy. He was gay. And he kept saying that back in the 80s or whatever, 90s, when he tested positive, that he refused to take the medication that he didn't want to take the gay pill. And he kept saying gay pill in front of these, like, research students and stuff like that. And I was just, like, really, like, taken back, you know, taken aback, like, gay pill? What the heck? And then he was talking about bathhouses and stuff. I'm like, That's, that must be before my time because I don't even know what that is. But apparently yeah. <laughs> it's something sexual. Right. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know. I, said, I, t- I raised my hand. I said, excuse my ignorance, but can somebody tell me what a bathhouse is? I don't know. (laughs) But here, real quick, one thing that me and Tiff do want to say to you, we want you to be yourself. Be comfortable. Share your story, man. We, hey, this us. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because see, for me, and and Tiff, stop me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to speak for you. But one thing that me and Tiff talk about a lot is you get people that talk Mm -hmm. and they sound good talking. But it's like, yeah, you ain't real. You know what I'm mm, saying? Like, right. it's something what we could just, eh, that's it right there. Yep, knew he wasn't real. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You uh-huh. hear everybody, blah 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 blah. You, and it's like, but bro, you, 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 you not about that. You ain't doing that. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So again, do not feel caged. Do not feel boxed. We ain't got no sponsorships. This is just us. This come no, out I know, of our that's pocket. right. And even if it is, we ain't got hey. <laughs> We in the pit. No, no, you know, be take the real with they us. Be trying to snatch, they be trying to snatch your funds. Nah, <laughs> shit. But no, nah, for real, like, yeah. you know, because we want you to be real. Yeah. We we definitely want you to be real. We want you to come on the show, say what you got to say, yeah. you know, as, as far as what you're comfortable to. Because again, we not putting no box. Right. Yeah. And it's therapeutic for people too that come on the show, right? They don't get to say what they really want to say, right? So we let people have their voice yeah. when they come on their show. That's dope. You know, as long as they're not disrespectful to us, right? <laughs> yeah, we don't play that shit, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but, but, but another thing too, man, like for people out there, yeah, that may be going through the same thing. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, or know a family member that this is encouraging. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is encouraging. Because I'm sure it's somebody that has had HIV or herpes or yeah. or yes. an STD or whatever. Like, damn, like, why ain't I just keep going? Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, why did I have to stop? And you know what? And I'm going to challenge the men, too. Yeah. Cut this bullshit out, man. Stop that bullshit that y'all on, man. First and foremost, wrap your shit up. Yeah. You know Please. what I'm saying? Stop spreading that shit. Same with the ladies. If y'all know y'all, man, disclose that shit up front. 
Yeah. Right. Like real talk, man. Like it's it's people lives. It's, mm-hmm. That's somebody's livelihood. Yes. That's somebody's life, man. Like you got some shit, man. Wait till if, if it's curable, wait till that shit clear up, man, and then wrap your shit up, man. Right, like right. stop the lying, stop the bullshit, man, because this it's gonna come is, out anyway. Exactly. Right. But this ain't right. some shit that shouldn't have happened in the first place. Right. If you've been on regardless. Yeah. Regardless. Uh our friend Yeshin, uh, when her first time she was here, she talked about how she don't want anybody to take her choice from her. And mm-hmm. we all feel that way. Yeah. And, and and hopefully I can say this without causing no repercussions, but dude, you bogus as hell. Yeah. You took her choice. Mm-hmm. That's fucked That's up, fair. homie. Like, yeah. real shit. That's fucked up. Because if you had to disclose the A, you know, this is what it is. If she chose to rock with you, that would have been her choice. If she yeah. chose to keep it moving, that's right. her choice. You stole her choice, fam. That's fucked up, bro. That's fucked up. And karma's a bitch. Yep. Karma's a bitch. I got to put that out there because that's that's dead ass wrong, man. That's dead ass wrong. I agree. I agree. And, you know, in the same breath, yes, he he was absolutely wrong. Absolutely wrong. You know, but a part of that, a part of, of dealing with HIV for me is dealing with the fact that I should have been more responsible, too. You know, so it's like, you know, I had to overcome the blame game. I had to overcome like blaming myself, you know, beating myself up about it. Like, dang, you know, my circumstances. Cause you know what? If I didn't go through everything that I've been through over the past, you know, eight years, almost nine years, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Right. You know, it was very humbling for starters. Yeah. You know, it'll change the way that you look at everything. It'll change the circle you keep, you know, you're not going to go keep hanging out with people that's out here screwing everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you like, nah, like, no thanks. You know? I think I'll enjoy Netflix tonight. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. I done had my fair share, you know, of ups and downs. But, you know, again, you can't trust everything. And I don't care if you marry. I don't yeah. care. Get yeah. tested every single year. And if you feel like you've been exposed, get tested every three months. I get blood drawn every three months. My husband gets blood drawn every three months. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so even though he takes prep, you know, it's still like it's there's no cure for HIV, so you can't ever say that anything is 100%. It's 99.9, you know. But it's that point. But it's that point. Exactly. Exactly, you know, and I'm grateful for the the how far, you know, medication has come because that used to not be oh, yeah. an option at all, you know. Unprotected sex not an option if you have HIV. So like, let no. me ask you this, if if I may. So what are some of the struggles, hardships that you have to deal with? Because the reason why I asked that, you might be like, where the fuck did that come from? Okay, so I remember <laughs> back in the day, kind of like, with, I'm, I'm an AIDS baby. Right. And when AIDS was kind of coming out, it was, yeah, it was called the gay plague. Mm-hmm. It was all it was created by the government, the blah, 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 blah. But and I even remember they had like a 2020 episode. They also had an exhibit at the Museum of Science and Industry where if you have AIDS or you have HIV or whatever, because Centers, they both combined yeah. it, right? Yeah, it was like, oh yeah. So at this stage you look like this, but within this time you look like that. Mm. Da, 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 da. It it was such um, touchy topic. Topic. Yeah, it yeah. was such a stigma and a touchy topic where it was like, well, yeah, you know, 
And, and not to be offensive, but I was like, yeah, you may look like this now, the yeah. day you find out, but like six months, you gonna look like this. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you gotta take all these pills and... But it used to be that way. Yeah. Like, when I did advocacy days uh, back in 2014, where you get to go to Springfield mm-hmm. and kind of fight for your right kind of thing with HIV and AIDS, you know, okay. fight for funding and stuff like that. Um, I had met with this guy. He was on my team. He had been positive, like, 25 years and he said he done seen people pass away like left and right mm. from hiv and aids and um he used to take five pills five times a day Ugh. can you imagine yeah. oh my i take one pill once a day wow that's 25 pills a day a day you know, just to manage, like, that's crazy. When I was pregnant, I had to take five pills once a day. And I was like, oh, my God, this is terrible. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? But um, along with that, the medication at retail is upward of, like, $5,000. Like, if you don't have medical benefits, like, it's hard. It's hard out here. Yeah. Like, for real hard. Wow. Yeah, like you know, people that are that are that don't have access to healthcare, like you know, it's unfortunate because they don't have no option, you know. So it's like I've been blessed, you know. I have a very good job. I have very good medical benefits, you know, and and there's resources out there though, you know, that'll help you pay for your meds, help you pay your copays and everything, regardless of how much money you make, you right. know. So. Um, the AIDS Foundation of Chicago has been a blessing to me. They really created the platform that I have, you know, and letting me tell my story and share my story for the AIDS walk and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It kind of feel like it's been upward, you know, yeah. from there. And they still support me and everything, you know, and I really appreciate that. But my number one, my number one fan is my husband, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, my kids, obviously, they don't yeah, yeah, understand, yeah. you know, what's going on, but... My husband, he, he's been there through it all. And actually, I met my husband in Georgia. Wow. Yeah. So. How'd you break the news to him? Well, we were dating. I had actually, <laughs> he, gets, he gets on me about this to this day. I'll never hear the <laughs> end of it. That I left him for the guy that gave me HIV, which I literally left my husband now for the guy that gave me HIV back wow. in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it was just the way that everything happened was just like, I don't want to talk to him no more. You know, this dude had money. He was taking me shopping. Like, we was eating good. You know, I was exposed to the drugs and stuff, which I thought was just, it was like a euphoria, you know? I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, I've never seen crack for real in real life. So when I saw it, I was like, dang, you know? But my husband, you know, went about his life and I went about mine and we reconnected some years later and I had HIV and kids, you know? So it was, a, uh, it was different. It was different, but you know, yeah, I told him, I told him everything. I told him how it happened, who it happened with. He was like, I told you not to leave me. I'm like, whatever, you know, but he still, <laughs> if you watch it, he buys it. Oh, he watches it. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, you know, he's really been like and 
he'll come. I mean, you know, he he works like at three in the morning, so he couldn't be here. But like, he'll speak with me. He'll come. He'll talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. Any 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 man out there, anybody that got questions or want to know anything, my husband will gladly, if he know, or if he can get the information for you, he'll do it with no problem. He'll come and stand right next to me in front of anybody, you know. And when we did the the interview for uh, Revolt, I don't know if you guys saw it, it. but at the end, he said HIV saved his life. And it was a dynamic statement because he was saying it in the sense that I saved his life. You know what I'm saying? Because he was headed in a totally different direction, as was I. So we were good for each other. You know what I'm saying? And ever since he came back into my life, it's just been like a blessing. You know, it's been he's been a huge help to me, a huge supporter of me, my kids, you know, that are not his kids, you know. So, you know, we just had a baby back in September. Thank you. Congrats. Congrats. Thank you. But, you know, all of my kids are HIV negative, you know, so I've been blessed, you know, because a lot of people can't say that. Yeah. So, you know, but testing positive at 22 was very challenging. Yeah. And I'm not going to act like it was a walk in the park because it wasn't. It still isn't at 30. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a black woman. Yeah. I'm 30. You know, I make a decent amount of money for the age, you know, that I am. And I work in corporate America, yeah. you know, and all of those things are like strikes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So being demanding the respect that I feel like I deserve as a, you know, a black woman in corporate America, you know, is, is challenging. I already got to demand my respect because I have HIV and, and, and people feel like they can just mistreat you or treat, you know what I'm saying? Treat you any uh, kind of way. Uh, I, can't be around you. I can't sit next to you. I can't drink after you. I can't piss after you, you know, like it's crazy, you know, but that's why I'm here. That's why I do the things that I do because right. Yes, you can sit on the toilet after I'm done sitting on the fucking toilet. (laughs) Like, don't be ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, you can drink after me. Like, you know, but it's just a matter of people taking time to educate themselves because HIV ain't going to discriminate because you pretty. HIV ain't going to discriminate because you got a million dollars in your bank account Mm -hmm. or because you got a dollar in your bank account. It's not going to miss you because you broke and it's not going to miss you because you rich. Or black or white. Or or black or white or purple. It just don't matter these days. It, it is what it is. If you're doing things that are going to expose you to the virus, then you are subject to getting it just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I went back to college with kids, you know, in 2012, and I graduated in 2015. And that was another, you know, another story for another day, but very hard going back to college with kids. I was working at Walmart in lawn and garden, part-time. I was part-time in school. My kids was in daycare like 6 in the morning to 10 o'clock at night. Because I had class between 7 to 2. And then I worked at Walmart 2 to 10. So I had to like, I had to make it happen. Yeah. Because I, after I... Yeah, Yeah, but after I tested positive, I felt like, dang, I'm young, I'm black, now I got HIV, you know, I'm a single mom. I felt like all these things were against me, but really it's, it was for me. Yeah. You know, because those are the, the same things that I felt like were keeping me down were the same things that pushed me up. It's okay to be a single parent. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You can absolutely. still go to school with kids. Yeah. And if you want a good school, SIUE, 
<laughs> it's great. <laughs> they have family housing. They saved my life. Like literally, you know, I was able to go to school with my kids and be in school with other college students that had kids too. They just made it easy. Yeah. You know, so um, my best friends, you know, Tiffany and Shaquille, I I met both of them at SIUE, but, um, and Shaquilla, who was from Zion too, and we were roommates our freshman year of college. So, but they've been there since 2005. Like, you know, we went through college together. I left, came back with kids. They had kids. You know, like, we just, hey, can you pick up, you know, Katie or whatever from daycare? Hey, can you get Cody, my nephew Cody? You know, whatever. Right. We had it. Yeah. And a lot of times we tried to put them in the same daycare. Yeah. <laughs> so we only had to go to one place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, to this day, they they are there. They're there for everything. They travel here for my galas. I host the HIV and AIDS awareness gala every year. Okay. Yeah. And like Waukegan. It it's April. April. I didn't do it this year because oh, okay. I got married. Oh, okay, okay. And okay. I had a baby. Uh, it was at the Milan. It was you at the Milan. It at the Milan. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, last year I did it at the Marketing in Zion, oh, but okay. my first year I did it at the Milan. Okay. I sold like 125 tickets the first yeah, year. Yeah. It was dope. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, it was cool. And you know what? I didn't sell that many last year. However, I ended up getting free HIV testing at my gala last year, and 22 people got tested, and nobody tested positive. That's wow. Great. That's a blessing, man. Yeah. That's a blessing. So, you know, how many events can you That's say, right. you know, that, yeah. that you can get people to come out to and actually get tested? Yeah. 22 people? Yeah. Like, that's cool. Yeah. Very. You know? Because it's not a cool thing to do. People no. don't find that cool. No. Hey, yeah. let's let's yeah. all go yeah. get tested for HIV. Yeah. Like, nah. Shit. Shit. <laughs> Which <laughs> National <laughs> HIV Testing Day is in June. Okay. So, maybe I'll get a shuttle or something. But yeah, and have a whole yeah. bunch of people hop on the shuttle and go get tested. That'd hey, be dope. Hey, I mean, hell yeah. Why not? Because I mean, part status. of it is awareness. You got to be aware. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you're not taking the steps to be aware, then shit, you you damn near like a cancer. You know what I'm saying? Especially right. if you just going around Never. doing what you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for. I I I get choked up, and I can tell. I it's not a matter of pity or anything like that. I get choked up because it's like we already have it hard enough. Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely already do. Already have it hard enough. Mm-hmm. And for a piece of shit like that to do that, just snatch it all from you. And that's just yep. one person. And wake up to you every single day. But there's so many other people out there doing the same, same shit. thing. Yeah. Yep. Like, that, take that, responsibility. that fucks with me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, that really fucks with me. You got to take responsibility, though, for your own actions. Yeah, it is. It is messed up, you know. It is. Because people, nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves no. that. You know? But that's why I encourage people, you know, to... If you had unprotected sex last night, wait a couple days. Go get you a test. They got um at you get them home in Walmart test. now. They got Walmart, in home. Yeah. yeah. Like you can you can do a little quick swap, you know, blood tests are obviously more accurate, you know, but I mean, 
something's better than nothing if you know yeah. that you you know out there or whatever you know and even like i say even if you marry you know yeah, i just i'm not even saying that you're right right and then i got yeah i exactly yeah i need to know they got pissed off but it is what I it need is. to know because I don't know what you're though. doing. I don't trust what you're saying. So. It is what it is. Though. It is what it is. Yeah. Better safe than sorry. Jail, you're damn right. I've been in jail. <laughs> We'd have yeah, been in jail. Where do you find your strength to to to, to teach? Uh, when, do we, when when did you decide like okay I got HIV? So all my friends, like the the best friends that I named off, Shaquilla, Tiffany, Shaquille, Ashley. They were like, just do it. Yeah. And I was like, nah. Like, people going to judge me. You know, people going to be like, don't fucking yeah, touch me. Yeah, because it was me. already out there. I was worried about my yeah. kids, you know, yeah. about how people were going to treat my kids. Right. If it got out there that they yeah. mom had, you know, HIV or whatever. Yeah. And uh, on my sixth year, December 21st, I said, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. And I had my best friend, you know, I had my, the support from my family and my best friends. And that was really, at this point, all I needed. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't need no validation no more, which before I felt like I couldn't mess that up for me. You know, like I cared too much about what people thought about me and what people were going to think about me once I exposed myself. And now I just don't care. Yeah. You think whatever you want to think because I know my status and it might be positive, but I know it. You know right. what I'm saying? So do you know yours? You know what <laughs> yeah, I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> do you back, know right? your status? That's what's that's really what's important though. Everybody yeah. should know. You know what the crazy thing is too that I keep going back to, which is another thing that fucks with me. Charlie Sheen. Oh, oh yeah. Charlie Are Sheen. Are you not in jail? It's you like, a couple episodes ago. You know, it, it, it's again, man, and y'all, it, for the people that follow the show hardcore, man, thank y'all, and again, like the page, share the page, share this shit, man, like, for real, like, yeah. share it with your daughters, share it with your sons, nieces, nephews, share this shit, because this shit is out there. The shit that bothers me with Charlie Sheen is, bro, so you knew you had this shit, you knew you had this shit, you willingly had unprotected sex with X amount of women. And then you get a pass. Yeah. You, mm. you, you 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 get a pass. Right. And, and not saying and not saying that you know you can compare apples to the oranges. Both of them that. motherfuckers was wrong. wrong. Yeah. Both of them was wrong. Right. You drugging somebody and having sex. You knowing you got some shit and having sex. Both of them shits is wrong. Right. The shit that kills me is y'all pull the Cosby show off. Y'all, y'all. Y'all run this man's name through the mud, and if he's guilty of that shit, as well he should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How the fuck is the Charlie Sheen still on TV? How the fuck is the two and a half man still in syndication? Man. How the fuck is it? He got a brand new show coming out. Because he exposed himself, and so that made it all good. That made it all right. But my thing is, Whatever with him exposing, shit. I exposed myself by choice. I exposed myself with the intention of helping somebody else, yeah. not because somebody was holding something over my head saying, if you don't tell, I'm going to tell for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Charlie Sheen was paying people hush money because people knew his status. And then, and and you can read it, you know, yeah. you can read it online that he was exploited. And that's why he told. He had people on payroll paying like $30,000 a month to be quiet. And then 
I want fifty thousand a month. Oh, I'm not giving you fifty thousand. Oh, I'm gonna tell. You know what I'm saying? Like at some point, you just like fuck it. I'm just gonna tell myself because I'm not gonna keep paying y'all. You know, and and he made a choice because of the position he was put in, not because he wanted to sincerely help somebody. Right. You know what I'm saying? I just, you know, I just, uh, I I'll give more credit to Magic Johnson. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. For the role that he's played Absolutely. in HIV and AIDS and Absolutely. that, you know, because he was genuine in the fact that he was trying to do something about it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just Charlie Sheen, man. That was just, it just wasn't even worth talking about. It just wasn't even worth you, like, you know, right. Because when he first came out, he said, he now that he knew. Yeah, he did a couple of interviews with his lawyer. Yeah. He did a few by himself. But he said now that he had tested positive that he wanted to do something to help the epidemic and to help, like, find a cure and this and that. But, like, blah, what blah, do you hear blah. about him doing? But you hear about Cheryl Lee Ralph. She got a foundation that that's dedicated to HIV and AIDS. Alicia Keys, yep. Keep a Child Alive. She got, a you know, dedicated to HIV and AIDS. Like, there's people that out here that are really doing something that's yeah. apparent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, well, what are you really doing? Because he's white. Right. You appealing to a whole nother audience. Mm-hmm. You know, you can name plenty of African-Americans that's out here, you know, trying to make a change and trying to do something. But, you know, it's just like you have you have the platform. You know, you have a chance to really, you know, reach make out. A difference. Yeah, to really make a difference. get to a certain, per- you know, a certain people. You're not taking advantage of that. Yeah. It's, it's 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 crazy to me because it's like yo like like you said like I think he did that shit to kind of save face, yeah. you know. For sure. Oh, I, oh, I wasn't aware, mm-hmm. bro. You knew that shit. You been knew that Straight shit. Up. You been knew that shit. Yeah, Come just on, as guilty. Just as guilty as the dude that gave me HIV. Right. You might as well just y'all might as well just kick it together. Y'all might as well be <laughs> homies and sell right. dope and trap. Do all that shit together, man. Just be like in the same jail file. cell together. That's all. Both of y'all file for that shit, man. Yeah. Like, uh, whatever. So, what do you give? Uh, what advice do you give young people that's having unprotected? Sex that's or, out there. Yeah. I would give advice to all people. Yeah. Not um, young people, but you know. Yeah. They're like, right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you know. Safe sex is great sex. Ain't that what Lil Wayne said? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. You don't want that late tax. We all know Lil Wayne ass. We all know Lil Wayne ass ass ain't having no safe <laughs> sex. All the kids he got. He got 12 exactly. children. With 12, gremlins. 12 different 12 people. gremlins. Nah, but for real, I would say, you know, just make sure that you wrapping it up. And if you're not wrapping it up, at least make sure you know your status and your partner's status. And not just HIV. Yeah. Just everything. Yeah. It don't start or stop with HIV, mm-hmm. you know? And like I said, it doesn't discriminate and it's not going to miss you for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unprotected sex is a big thing, but drugs, you know, if you're sharing needles, like use clean needles. I'm by no means encouraging drug use. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But if you're going to do it, like you got to be, yeah, you got to be safe. Do, you ain't, ain't shit we can say to keep you from doing the shit. You exactly. Do it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You know, just but clean fucking syringe. That's just, that's just one of the ways, you know, there's, there's only three ways you can get it. And yeah. 
needles. You know, even if you're going to get a damn tattoo, don't let nobody use no dirty needle on you when you go anywhere. It don't even have to boil down to drugs. It's going to boil down to anything that somebody has to put a needle in your arm for, you know. So um, breast milk is the other thing. So you should definitely know your status if you're expecting because you don't want to breastfeed your baby and you have HIV and you don't know. So wait, so what are the three ways where you can get it, of course? Needles. Breast, breast milk. Tattoos and breast milk. No, not tattoos. That's the needle. That's oh, the needle. I, I'm sorry. Needles, right. unprotected sex, sex uh-huh. and breast milk. Breast milk. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Even I, though... I never would have thought that. Yeah, I me never would have thought that. Yeah. Well, I guess it's coming to you. Yeah. 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 I mean... People, it's hard for people, some people to understand because you can technically have unprotected sex if you're at a non-detectable level, but they still don't encourage you to breastfeed because the way my doctor explained it to me was that babies don't have an option. So when you're taking that risk and having unprotected sex, you are well aware that you're taking a risk. Your partner is aware that he's taking, he or she is taking a risk. Even if it's 0.0001%, you know that you're taking that chance. But that same 0.0001%, a newborn baby cannot say, I don't want to chance it. So they just say, don't breastfeed. Don't do it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, if I can say one thing, you know, don't give up on life. You know, don't stop living. Adhere to your medication. That's the most important thing about living with HIV is adhering to your medication because if you take it on and off, your body will develop a resistance to it. And once you develop so many, I mean, they can only, there's only so many medications that are out there. If yeah. all of them don't work for you, you could, you kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, you know? Right. So you want to make sure you're adhering to your medication, whatever your regimen might be. Mine is one pill once a day. Used to be, when I first tested positive, it was two pills twice a day. So... Yeah, you know, it's in, it's important. It's important to adhere. It's important to know your status. And it's important to, you know, make sure that you're trusting the right people. Because everybody ain't, ain't fair and everybody truth, don't care. Boy. Ain't that the truth? Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm sorry, Woo! y'all. I took y'all. Nah, nah, I took y'all there. Nah, right. but you know what? Hey, real is, shit. We need that yeah, though. Yeah. We we it's need that. It's getting hot. Yeah. Sundress season right yeah. around the corner. Ooh. You know. You know what I'm saying? So it's hump season. Okay. Hey, I've been trying to get you for a year. I have been trying to get you for a year. I know. <laughs> Tiffany, <laughs> Tiffany is convinced that she's been trying to get me on this show for a no, year. No, she has. <laughs> no, for real, real shit. She right. has it, not, it has not been a whole year. Yeah, yeah it is. I can't say pleasure. You were actually you were actually one of the first guests that yeah. we wanted to have. Yeah. And we've been doing this for over a year. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't know what a podcast was. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? I was like, oh no. I was like, let me let, I'll reach out when we hit our year mark and try again. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, y'all? With with sundress season coming up, man, it's too many sundresses and too many dirty bra straps. Ladies, you come, stop come it. On, Wash, wash your bras. They're please. beige. They're not dirty. <laughs> no, it, 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 leave it alone. No, leave it alone, your, your, your cup is white. And <laughs> damn bra strap brown. And first of all, first of all, if you can see the cup, problem number one. Right. Problemo numero uno. Hey, I'm just, I'm just putting it just out there. Just seeing the cup. I mean, just saying. Look. 
too many sundresses, but too many dirty bra straps, please. Girls out here, you seen? <laughs> I just knew you was going for the toes. I just knew you was going for the toes. Oh no! Nah, the courtship, the chip polish. No, I like feet. I like feet. I like women's. Bones is nice with Why the chip polish. With the chip toenail polish. On I it? don't know what the fuck kind of polish be on there, but if your feet look good, I know where they going. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Not with that chip he polish. Is. You gonna be? You gonna be? <laughs> Now, real quick, before we go, man, do you got any last words? Uh, how can people follow you? How can people reach out to you if they want you to be a part of an organization, an inspirational speaker? Yeah. How can people get in, the, uh, get in contact with you? Um, I am at bookjglassby at gmail.com if anybody is interested in um Spelling in case somebody can. Oh, yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me take my own advice. Let me take my own advice. That's book, B-O-O-K-J, Glaspie, G-L-A-S-P-I-E, at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me on IG at she wears it well 2 T-O-O. Um, I'm at Twitter, Davis Debut on Twitter. Okay. I don't really tweet like that. It used to be like big, like <laughs> yeah, way back a few years ago. Me on Twitter, but now tweet I just me. You know, tweet me. follow the celebrities. But <laughs> just saying, uh, whatever. Nah, whatever. but um, yeah, and I'm I'm writing a book that I plan on releasing on December twenty first. So twelve twenty one is the date I found out I was HIV positive. Twelve twenty one two thousand and nine. So that's where the title of the book came from. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know. News about you. Yeah. Man, I watch all y'all grow up. Exactly. You said that like you like 60 or some shit. I am, but I mean, they're young. I mean, she might be. Well, no, I meant we watched each other grow up. We graduated together. What the fuck are you talking about? I graduated. You graduated like 10 years before us. (laughs) Right. No, I did not. I graduated in 01. You graduated in 04. Who counting? I didn't graduate in 04. 05. 05. Right. 05 ruled the hive. No, it did not. Yes. <sighs> that went oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Our, our That went perfect. And 05 had the best high school reunion. Oh, yeah. We had one. Wow. <laughs> Real shit. No, it did not, man. Oh, yeah. No, it did not. North Chicago. Oh, what was your reunion? Ours was cool. Oh, okay. That's I was dope. real cool. Oh, I y'all remember that? The school? I went to both. Uh uh, y'all motherfuckers trying to be fun. <laughs> no, which y'all happened? I don't know. Y'all trying to roast. We were being sincere. No, we're not. We're yeah, not roasting. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm asking you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I'm asking the question. Some people have theirs at the school. No, nah, hell no. Nah, this ain't no damn <laughs> movie. <laughs> The hell? A bunch of grown motherfuckers in the cafeteria in North Chicago. <laughs> just, hey, they still got good cheese fries? Like, what right. the fuck? Who does <laughs> What y'all have that then? Waukegan's had theirs at Rosati's. Not, oh. not, not, not Rosati's. What's uh, Potestas? Like the restaurant? Potestas. Waukegan had theirs at Potestas. North... The restaurant? It's small in there. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, the one in Waukegan? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe. Oh, they closed that one. Yeah, the the Potestas, it looks real small from the, the front. front. It was in that, that plaza. Shit is, that shit is huge. Mm, like okay. it's okay. 
It's long. Oh, okay. It's I mean, long. we not judging nothing. We right. just asking. <laughs> no, y'all we had be funny and shit. <laughs> and then <laughs> North Chicago's had theirs at no, I want to say Stevens, right there in Gurney. Oh, yeah. okay, the steakhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, North Chicago's. Is that normal? <laughs> Oh, y'all was an in-law? Uh, God damn. No, y'all. <laughs> uh, is it normal shit. to do it at restaurants? Some people do it. Oh, okay. Depending on how many people sign up. Oh. Because when you got that budget, ain't no point going all out if it's only like 50 people that didn't really sign up and paid and bought a ticket. We had a good, we had about 70, 75 people. Okay. Oh, four didn't show okay. up for that. <laughs> My friend too, man. <laughs> I bet she, she was so bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. She I'm done planned it. I would. I didn't care. She done planned it for a hundred people and ten showed up. <laughs> man, and we could have had this shit in my yeah, house. For real. Damn shit. We had ours oh. at the beach resort. Yeah, okay. I think that was where we were supposed to have ours too. It was dope. Yeah, we we had a good I time. Up in there. Nah, dog. Yeah, nah. This old five shit. Okay. Right. Stay our twenty, away. our twenty years gonna be over even. Over that dough, you know what I'm saying? Stay <laughs> over that, that dough. Okay. But ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable Miss Jessica Davis. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Really, yes. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Thank you for being part of our show. Thank you for bringing that awareness. Absolutely. Like, man, Anytime like, that I can, I try, I do, I will. Bring that awareness. Ain't nothing to tell a story one or two times if it's going to save somebody's life. Man, yeah, absolutely. Please, please. Yeah. All right, y'all. Before we get wrapped this show up, man, we got to give a big shout out to the man behind the machine, the wonderful wizard, Mr. Mark motherfucking Yoder. Any rapper, singers, producers, anybody doing anything, man, holler at Mark Illinois Media Group. He will bring your dreams to life. If you are sick and tired of recording in your grandmama's basement with the McDonald's cup holder stapled to the wall, holla at Mark, man. Mark will make your shit pop. (laughs) Now, everybody's favorite show, everybody's favorite (laughs) part of the show, discount time. So, if you want a session with Mark, and you want to come to this dope-ass studio, and you want to have your shit done at a mastering studio, not just a recording studio, a mastering studio. Like, ma- mastered. Motherfucker, mastered. <laughs> Hashtag awareness. Mark, what they looking at for a discount, pimp? Here's what we're going to do. They post on their social media, get tested beats safe, safe sex, and give them 50 bucks off their session. Hey. Woo! 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 Oh <laughs> shit! Did y'all hear that? Say it one more time, Mark. Post on their social medias. Safe sex, get tested. Fifty bucks off your first session. Damn son, that's our biggest discount to date. Right, that's what's up. That's our biggest discount to date. Holla at Mark. Mark is the truth. I'm trying to tell y'all, man. Me and Mark hang out, get drunk with Tiff. Damn that every week. No, we don't. We, we just come here and I'm like, record you our show. Don't be well, I <laughs> don't <you> like. <laughs> hey y'all, Tiff, we got anything coming up? No, we sure don't. No, we don't have shit but work tomorrow. So yeah. oh. terrible day. Yes. Terrible day. We yes. got church on Sunday. So 
Again, holla at John Brunson. John Brunson, John Brunson radio like silence. Who go to church? <laughs> I do go to church, man. Oh, all right. All right. Pray for Phil. Don't be trying pray. to be funny. Hashtag pray. pray for Phil. Exactly. <laughs> Again, y'all, shout out John Brunson, man. Radio silence. Hit him up if you're looking to be an extra. Do like a little cameo, a little something. Do anything, man. Radio silence. He will be filming. In Lake County, he, he we started yesterday. We did our part, man. Right. Make sure y'all do yours. We got I'll the Miss up. Jessica, the beautiful Miss Jessica Davis, with us, man. Thank you. No thank you, thank problem. You, thank y'all for having you me. I appreciate no it. Idea. Uh, yeah, shit. I am the host with the Double O's Ghost. Most of you are your boy, Phil Myers, your AKA Kate Knox, the great one. With my co-host. <laughs> so loud. And you know what? I'm not going to end this saying what I normally say, man. I'm going to end it saying like this. Get tested. Be safe. We love right. y'all. Peace. <laughs>